In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. morning. It's so great to see all of you here, whether you are visiting with us as part of the baptismal uh, families, or whether you've uh, wandered in, or whether this has been your church home for many, many years. What a wonderful crowd on a beautiful day. Um, Today is the first Sunday after the Epiphany. Uh, The Epiphany was last week, last January 6th, last Sunday. We looked at the uh, visit of the Magi. The first Sunday after the Epiphany is always the day we look at the baptism of Jesus, which makes it a perfect day for baptisms. And today we have six baptisms from, uh, from infancy to 13 years old. Just a wonderful group of folks who are offering themselves uh, to baptism. Last week I said that we want to take this epiphany season, this um, season of realization, and think together as a church family about our own discipleship. And in fact, um, I asked you in anticipation of this day, if you were here with us last week, I asked you to take a look at the baptismal covenant in the Book of Common Prayer. I hope you had a chance to do that. Um, We're going to say it after the sermon as part of the liturgy for baptism. And whether you had a chance, were with us last week and had a chance to go through it, or whether you uh, were just saying it in sort of fresh, you hadn't, hadn't looked at it, I want you to, I want us all to really think about what we're saying. That we're not, it's not a rote liturgical exercise, but we're going to take the time to really soak in the meaning and the significance of what we are each saying as we recommit ourselves to Christ. And so with that, what I want to talk about this morning is baptism. And I want uh, to think with you about your baptism and the baptism that these children are receiving today uh, as an integrally, I I messed it up last, uh, yet at 8 o'clock, it's a really important part uh, (laughs) of uh, your discipleship. So we're going to take our time uh, looking, as you might expect, at the baptism of Jesus. But I want to begin by saying that the message of baptism and the promise of baptism is just beautifully summed up in our passage from Isaiah. Where he says, the Lord is speaking through Isaiah, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not fear, for I am with you. That is the message that your baptism declares to you. You know, in the Old Testament, when Moses uh, said to the Lord, I can't go to Egypt and talk to Pharaoh. I have a stutter. God did not say to Moses, oh, uh, your stutter is really not that bad. He said, fear not, for I will be with you. When Jeremiah said to God, I can't be your prophet, I'm too young. God didn't say, oh, there, there, Jeremiah, you're getting older every day. (laughs) He said, fear not, I will be with you. And when the people of Israel got carted off to Babylon in exile, and they began to say, how could we worship God in a foreign land? God did not say through Isaiah in our passage today, oh, don't worry, you won't be there long. He said, fear not, for I will be with you. And so what God is saying over these young people here today, and what God said over you in your baptism, was the same promise 
that has you in the league with spiritual giants like Moses and uh, Jeremiah, do not fear, for I will be with you. Your whole life long, I will be with you. You are baptized into this promise that will never be removed. Do not fear, for I will be with you. Through whatever uncertainty, whatever tragedy, whatever sickness or pain or doubt, do not fear, for I will be with you, says the Lord. That is the message, and I would say that is the majesty of your baptism. And so we know this because of what we find in Jesus' baptism. And that is where we see that the heavens open up and the Spirit comes down. The heavens open up and the Spirit comes down. So we're going to turn our attention there now. Luke chapter 3. It might seem a little strange and maybe to some problematic that Jesus was coming to be baptized. Because John the Baptist was offering a baptism that he said was a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Uh Uh-oh. What does that mean for Jesus? Did he have sin that he was to repent of or needed to be forgiven? The answer to that is no. So why, then, would Jesus come for baptism? Well, he came for baptism because in doing so, Jesus is aligning himself with those of us who do need to repent. With those of us who do need the forgiveness of our sins. In receiving John's baptism, Jesus is saying to each of us, fear not, for I will be with you. We see in his baptism what is given to us in our baptism. That the heavens open up. And the Spirit comes down. See, people were coming to John the Baptist in droves. Because in a very real sense, they felt that the heavens were actually closed to them. Which is to say that they felt that their relationship with God had been cut off. That, they, um, that, that, that perhaps they were under God's judgment. You might know that at, at that time... Uh, in Israel's history, baptism was the service by which non-Jews became Jewish. Those who were on the outside, the pagans, the Gentiles, uh, they, if they wanted to give themselves to the God of Israel, they would submit to this, a service of baptism as a demonstration that the God of Israel was washing away their sins. But the people who were coming to John the Baptist at the Jordan River, they were Jewish. These were the people that that we might expect to have every confidence that by rights, and even by birth, they were on the inside with God. But no, they had wandered, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. They had wandered in one way or another and thought word and deed. They knew it and they knew God knew it and so there was no reason to hide it. And they came to John as outsiders for the assurance that the heavens would be open to them once again. And John didn't mince any words with them either, did he? He called them to a new life, a changed life, a personal recommitment to the straight and narrow. John's 
Baptism, though, was always a baptism of anticipation, which is to say it was always pointing ahead. It was always pointing to the one who was to come. I baptize you with water, John said, but one is coming after who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so here comes Jesus down to the Jordan River, the one without sin, the Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world into the waters of baptism in order to align himself with you and me. Do not fear, for I will be with you. You know, we could think of it the other way, in the other direction. As Jesus is aligning himself with us, he is also aligning us to himself. The Church of England evangelist, Dr. Michael Green, wrote this. He said, baptism plunges us into the dying and the rising of the Lord Jesus. Baptism means death to the person that I once was. Self-centered, unforgiven, alienated from the life of God. Goodbye to all that. It means that as the waters closed over me in baptism, God has closed the account for all my past life. And just as Christ rose from the chill waters of death on that first Easter day, so you and I rise from the waters of baptism to enter into the new life that He gives us. A life that is shared with Him, governed by Him. A life that will never end. From now on, we are called to be what, in God's view, we already are. Now, the thing is, if you were baptized as an infant, and many of you were, it doesn't cancel this out to say that that we're saying goodbye to our old life. Because when you come to faith in Christ, God is saying, fear not, for I will be with you. In fact, I've always been with you. So what's extraordinary is that because Jesus has aligned himself to us and aligned us to himself that we receive in our baptism what Jesus received in his. These children will receive this and you already received this in yours. If you have not been baptized, I would love to talk to you about baptism. And I hope you'll consider it. See, what, Jesus, what happened with Jesus is the heavens opened up. Now, I really feel... Uh, sure that the parting of the clouds was unnecessary for Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit and hear the voice of the Father. He didn't need the clouds to part for that. But the parting of the clouds is a symbol that the barrier has been removed between us and God. See, what the people came seeking at the Jordan. Remember that, that um, they were seeking the assurance that the heavens would be open to them. It was granted in and through Jesus Christ. The assurance of an unhindered relationship with God Himself. Full access to God the Father. Our baptism declares that the heavens are opened to us. But not so that God is merely in service to us, like He's a sort of divine butler, Right? But God opens the heavens to us for a relationship. God blesses us and we bless God. God gives us grace and we give Him praise. God gives us everything that we need and we honor Him with our lives. I wonder if you feel like you avail yourself to full access to God Almighty. And I wonder if you feel like God has full access to you. Your baptism declares 
And your baptism that you are receiving today declares that the heavens are opened to you. And he's not really waiting on you to live a certain way before he avails himself to you. He's just simply and graciously calling us to lift our eyes to him. The heavens have been opened to you. But you know, what happened next to Jesus must have been just utterly strange and unbearably beautiful. Because as the heavens opened up, the Holy Spirit came down. It was visible. Physical. Uh, Similar to the way that a dove might alight upon a rooftop. We see that depicted in our beautiful window right here. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. And you might ask, well, what is the Holy Spirit? I would say it's probably better to ask, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. The third person of the Trinity. He is God with us. The active, enabling presence of God for us, in us, around us, and through us. He is the means by which God enacts His promise, do not fear, for I will be with you. To His disciples, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Advocate. Sometimes it's translated the Counselor or the Helper. What that means is He is the very opposite of a critic. Though I will say that one of His jobs in our lives is to uh, kindly, but for our good, to convict us of our sin. And to lead us to repentance as a measure of God's kindness. The Holy Spirit is God in us through faith in Christ. So when we baptize these kids in just a minute, and just probably like when you were baptized, I'm going to put oil on their foreheads right, right here in the shape of a cross. And I will declare to you on behalf of the church that you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and you are marked as Christ's own forever. Nothing can take that away. And you don't have to wonder, do I have the Holy Spirit? You could not have faith in Christ if you didn't have the Holy Spirit. Your baptism declares that the Holy Spirit is in you and He is with you. Which means that you are equipped to do the things that God is calling you to do. Scripture is clear that the Holy Spirit gives every Christian at least one gift for the upbuilding of His church and the good of His kingdom. The Holy Spirit, of course, works in different ways in different people's lives. To some, He gives the gifts of wisdom and discernment. To some, music or administration. To some, prayer uh, or gifts of healing. To some, he gives the gifts of teaching. To some, he even gives gifts of giving. And the list could go on and on. But the chances are, you already have some idea of what you're good at and what you really enjoy doing. The trick is to cultivate that gift and use it for the glory of God. And when people come to the church, rather than, uh, I'm learning this as the rector, uh, that rather than just automatically plug them into an existing ministry in the church, which is a good idea uh, on some level, but I'm learning to listen to them about what they're good at and what they love doing. And I'm learning to ask them, well, if you could have it your way, what would you love to do at Church of Our Savior? And then praying about how the Holy Spirit might bring that 
about because I'll say there's no telling what the Holy Spirit could do here if we unleash the people to work within the gifts that the Spirit has given them. Wouldn't that be exciting? You have the Holy Spirit. Your baptism declares that it is so. So the heavens open up and the Spirit comes down. And one more thing happens. And I just, one more thing happens. I don't want to miss it. The voice of the Father speaks You are my son, my beloved, or, or the one that I love. And with you, I am well pleased. So friend, if you are in Christ, that is God's declaration over you. Because we receive in our baptism what Christ receives in his. You are my son. You are my daughter, whom I love. And with you, I am well pleased. In fact, that's our truest identity. And that's the essence of what we'll say in just a minute when I say to you, Let us renew our faith in the words of the baptismal covenant. We will declare what we believe and we will declare that we will persevere and proclaim and serve. What we will be saying is that all that as God's beloved children is given to us over whom God speaks moment by moment, do not fear for I am with you. Fear not. I have called you by name. You are mine. You are my child, whom I love. And with you I am well pleased. The heavens are open to you. And the Spirit is upon you. Amen.